So many owners open their shops with the dream of doing auto repair the right way, being an asset to their community, having free time with their families, and having the ability to create a financial legacy. In reality, so many find themselves working long days, are struggling to find and keep good staff, and can barely pay the bills. Since 2016, the fastest growing automotive repair coaching company, ShopFix Academy's sole purpose is to stop the average small business from destroying the average family. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com. This is Success Leaves Clues, an automotive industry podcast, and I'm your host, Thomas Hayes. I'm sure you've heard the analogy of your business being like a bus and your team having specific seats on the bus. In that analogy, we often talk about making sure our employees are on the right seat. But what do you really do when a seat expires for an employee and they no longer belong in that seat? How do you handle that as an owner? And what do you do as an employee? It's not an easy answer. Well, I want to talk about that. Today, I'm going to bring you the story of a service advisor named Anya Clay who experienced this very situation where she and the business handled the transition extremely well. Anya is a great person, a killer service advisor, and let me tell you, she has an incredible story. It's got ups, downs, surprises, and some incredible clues that will help both owners and employees listening navigate this sensitive situation. Now, this podcast does have two parts. So after we hear Anya's incredible story, she and I have a great conversation on how to be a top service advisor. So stick around. Every good story has a beginning. And I think Anya's story about how she became a service advisor is important for you to know going into the rest of her story. An effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability, which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top-performing repair shops use for managing their online presence, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me effortlessly increases your car count with a strategic combination of killer websites, high-converting Google ads, traffic-driving social media posts, and more. Reach them by text or call at 888-953-2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. So uh, I want to hear, how did you get into advising? I got into advising. um, I had applied to a dealership. Um, I used to do accounting um, for a big dealership, um, work for CPAs. So I had applied for um, and got the job at a big dealership for accounting. And then the position wasn't open yet, but he didn't want to lose me. And they did have a new dealership opening. So they put me in service to start there just to hold me. Yeah. Um, started working out in service, didn't know really what I was doing. Um, you'd ever sold before? Not service. No, Mm -mm. no. I mean, I grew up in the auto industry. My dad owned car quests when I grew up. So I played with car parts. I didn't, you know, ever sell them. Um, so 
sat out in service, um, didn't, didn't like it. (laughs) Um, but I did really, really well. Um, so after the, you know, three month of waiting for my job to open, um, I went back to the owner and said, you know, I'd like to move inside now because the service drive was outside. Um, I'd like to move back inside now and have a desk and do my accounting. Um, and he laughed and pretended like I didn't know, he didn't know what I was talking about um, because I was doing well outside. So I got stuck outside, but I couldn't be without a job. So, um, yeah, so I stayed and then it turned out that I ended up making more than I was making inside anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was never, this was never on my path yeah. <laughs> as a career choice. Well, yeah. Accounting to mm-hmm. sales. Yeah. That's quite a, quite a jump. It, it is. Yes. I, I can do the number side of things really well when selling, but yeah. Um, and the selling side, apparently. So she was at this dealership but hated it. Churn was very high, so she had no confidence that she'd have a job each day, and she told me that her pay plan kept changing. She was over it, and then a shift happened. A friend told her about a local shop that was interviewing for service advisors, so she took an interview. Yeah, the interview lasted forever. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I left there with a new job, which was great. She was really excited, but... The new shop couldn't bring her in right away. So she laid low at the current shop. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll just stay quiet at my other job. And then um, somehow they found out that I had been looking and the owner came and said, well, I would rather, um, well, his words exactly were, we'd rather screw you than have you screw us. So they let me go. Yeah, literally. Always being resourceful, Anya put feelers out, and at the end of the night that she was fired, she had seven other job offers. So she called the owner of the shop that she had had that interview at and had been given the job and told him what had just happened, that she had just been fired during her two-week notice. And told him, I said, uh, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And he literally walked me through each offer. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, who does that? Who does that but the guy that I want to work for? So I I let the other job offers go. And I figured if service advising didn't work out, I could work in his accounting department. You had a backup. I did. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, and yeah, I mean, it's the best move I've made. Yeah. In a very, very, very long time. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice when you find your home. Yeah. Yeah. So things went great for Anya and then they got better. She started as an advisor, but soon was moved to be an assistant manager. And then that particular location was moved to a different building. And she was given the general manager role for that store. What was that like when you got that that phone call or, or meeting? What did that feel like? I mean, it was rewarding. It was like, wow, you know, my hard work has paid off. You yeah. know, um, putting in the extra time and going the extra mile and and those things were noticed here. Um, and, and that's just a very rewarding feeling. I mean, my dad was so proud. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I went home to flowers and a whole big, you know, shindig, but yeah. So that was nice. It was nice to feel like my hard work was, was noticed. And what was that role like for you? The role of managing was good. Um, you know, it's, it's different because I went from being on our tracker. I went from being the number one producer to now taking a, you know, 
a seat back and, and trying to let, you know, my other advisor do it. We kind of split the, the service advising deal. Yeah. Um, but I tried to let him go and, and do his thing. Um, is that hard to, yeah, because, you know, you hear things and you're like, well, don't do it that way. But you know, you want to, you want to caress it in a way that, you know, you're nurturing this person to grow them into, and he's a general manager now. So I, I feel like, you know, we've all done well in making sure that he had the tools that he needed to succeed. So Anya is the manager of this store. She is running it. It's going great. And it continued to go great. And everything was happily ever after. Man, I wish I could tell you that was what happened. But it definitely wasn't. It wasn't at all. Uh, Anya would go through an experience that neither her or really any of us were expecting or prepared for. I'll let her explain. So then, uh, then COVID hit. Um, I had managed that store for almost six years. Um, COVID hit, you know, had some family things happen, um, work stuff happen, people quitting and people didn't want to work and upset customers and um, just a, a lot of things happened. Um, and to where I was bringing all of the baggage at work home with me. And um, I was just, uh, I mean, personally, I was, I was crying a lot. Mm. <laughs> I just, I wasn't coping very well. Um, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let the angry people go. I couldn't let the, you know, and I was working open to close every single day. And then things went from bad to worse. Anya hit her breaking point. I, uh, I got in a fight with my UPS driver. <laughs> Wait, you got a fight with the UPS driver? I did. He was actually a customer. Yeah. What happened? He came in and he was like, you know, how much is it to do... A, a solenoid, a camshaft solenoid on a vehicle. And I was like, well, on your vehicle, you know, it's, it's, you know, give or take this much. And I only knew that because we had just recently sold me. We don't normally do quotes, but he's my UPS driver. Yeah. So he left and he wrote me a review <laughs> and it was bad. What did he say? Well, apparently we had done one in the past for him already. Oh. And now it was more expensive by like 50 bucks. And he wrote me a review and it was, it was not nice and not accurate. And I oh. took it to heart. I was really upset. So the next day when he came in, of course, I'm going to confront him and be like, what are you, what are you doing? Like yeah, he writes a review and then he shows up the next day with the package. I'm more than happy to, you know, do a warranty job on this. And he's like, well, it's out of warranty. And I'm like, but you're my UPS driver and you're like out by like a month. Yeah. Of course I'm going to take care of it. It's not a big deal. And he's like, well, I've already done it. And da, 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 da. Anyway, yeah, wow. I started crying and then literally <laughs> I couldn't stop crying. Oh. Yeah, I really, it, 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 was the, it was the final straw for me. So she had had her breaking point and she knew something had to change. She knew that she was no longer on the right seat in the bus. So she was brave and let the district manager know. <laughs> and went in there and um, and told him I had a problem. Yeah, I, I I was I was really done at that point. Something had to give, um, and I was just at the point. So I went home that day and and came back the next day, and I stepped down as the manager and decided to go back to selling. And they were nice enough to to yeah. offer and let me do that. I mean, not a lot of places would. So yeah, yeah, and it's it's been great for me because. 
the new manager came. Well, that could be very awkward. It wasn't. He is Good. super great. Um, I mean, truly, he has my back in every way just because I was very upfront with him on the things that were happening to me. Mm. Um, and I mean, we're a great team. Honestly, I tried to make it as easy as possible for him without stepping on his toes. That's not easy. Um, and it, it's worked really, really well. So making making the transition from being the manager, COVID hits, yeah. stress goes to the roof, people mm-hmm. are struggling, you know, everything's just rough. Mm-hmm. Was there was it hard for you to make that transition from manager back to advisor? No. I actually went out to talk to the technicians because I wanted to let them know what was happening. So as soon as yeah. it was finalized, I went out there and I I had our little group meeting outside and and they came over and they were like, what's going on? You know? And I'm like, well, I just wanted to let you know, you know, I'm stepping down as general manager. And, yeah. and, and they looked at me and, and Daniel was like, you look really excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, the second it was done, it was like this, I mean, a huge weight was lifted off of me. So let me break this down for you. The clue to success from this story for the owners out there is that when you have an employee who has talent, who fits your culture, and they're willing to make a change, that giving them that opportunity to move seats when they need to move seats can be wildly beneficial for both you and the employee. I mentioned Anya as a killer service advisor, but I didn't tell you how killer. Her current average personal sales are around 130 to 170,000 a month. In fact, the day of the interview, she had sold $11,000 so far by 11 a.m. Like I said, incredible advisor. Now, imagine what would have happened if the company didn't allow her to move seats. If she had stayed in that role, she would have been miserable, totally burnt out. It would have affected the store and she probably eventually would have quit. The company would have missed out. Now, How do you know when it's okay to move someone on the bus to a new seat? In my eyes, a few things have to be in place. The first one is culture. The person must embody the culture of the company. They must be a good performer or would be better under better circumstances, and we can clearly see that. And we must reasonably have a place for them that when they move would create a win-win for the company. We definitely don't want to make up positions that aren't needed. From personal experience, that doesn't go well. And to the employees listening out there, it's okay if you have to move seats on the bus. Anya didn't fail as a manager. She instead recognized that the season of life had shifted for her, and that in order for her to be successful, she needed to move seats. She was brave and advocated for herself, knowing that if she remained on that seat, it would have been detrimental to her and the company. Now, there was no way that I could have such a great advisor like Anya join us without having her leave us some clues on how she is such a successful advisor. So in the second part of this podcast, Anya and I chat about her sales and customer service techniques. Here's our conversation. So being you know, the caliber of advisor that you are, mm-hmm. you're in this role, um, you're back in the seat of an advisor. Are you, is it better now not taking things home? Like what are some things that you've mm-hmm. been doing to not allow the stress to get at you? So 
obviously controlling conversations with customers, making sure that they're called, making sure that, you know, I, I can deescalate something, um, making sure that my job is done by the end of the day, um, making sure that, you know, um, Part of what and who I am is, I mean, all the guys here will laugh that, you know, I have a chuckle when I, you know, I chuckle when I sell. Um, But I always answer the phone with a smile. And I always, I mean, I I can, I can pretend to laugh um, when I'm picking up the phone and then the person on the other end inadvertently laughs. They're like, wow, you're having a great day. And I mean, I could have just been crying, but to the person on the phone, they have no clue. And I am having the best day of my life. Um, and how can I help you? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you have to turn that switch. How do you utilize the team around you to be more successful and, and, and not get back to that place of heavy stress. So having open communication with literally everybody around you, um, you want to make sure to maintain a good relationship with your parts person. Um, I don't want to step on his toes. I want to make sure that he's got the tools that he needs to, to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure that I have the best working relationship with the shop foreman. Um, that, that to me is, is fantastic. I'm, I'm not a technician. I never claim to be. Um, I ask really dumb questions to the techs and to the, you know, into my foreman. Um, but they know that. So, and I'll go up to him and just go dumb question time, but you know, (laughs) it's because I don't know everything. I wasn't born into this. This isn't like my life passion. Um, I'm just simply good at it. Um, so having, you know, open, I always tell my technicians, I'm not coming at you to second guess you. I'm coming at you to sell this. Right. So if I don't understand, my customer's not going to understand, and then it's not going to sell. So it's only hurting you, me, and well, everybody. So yeah, yeah. having having that conversation, and they all know, I, I don't I don't come at them from a place of disrespect. Yeah. And that's huge because they take a lot of pride in their work. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to be very careful of what yeah. you say and how you approach. Yeah. Yep. Did you know that some web design companies use the same wording across all their client sites? Unfortunately, this common practice is noted by Google as plagiarism, which will cause your site to be ranked lower. That's why it's critical that whoever makes your shop's website knows better. That's why so many top shops trust leads near me to create and manage their shop's websites. As Google certified partners, they know how to make a top ranking website from an insider's perspective. Get a free site analysis by visiting leadsnearme.com or calling 888-953-2379. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. Yeah, I remember when I started writing service, I was outside the industry mm-hmm. and it was the same deal. Like that that communication mm. with your tech and your foreman is yeah. everything. You make that mistake once. Where you tick them off, you're like, ooh. I might have made that, that was, mistake a couple of times. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You learned real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if if a service advisor is listening right now mm-hmm. and they're struggling, they're stressed, they're they're struggling to get their sales up, what are some clues mm-hmm. beyond what we've we've talked about so far that you would mm-hmm. want to leave for them? So being honest with um, your customer, it's, it's calling them back within a reasonable amount of time and, and telling them, Hey, look, you know, this is honestly what we're seeing, but you also need to look for the, the vocal cues that they're giving you over the phone. You should be able to listen to them and know when enough is enough. Stop pushing, stop quoting things. You know, you need to have your RO an estimate, you know, 
ready to go. I mean, it needs to be organized by, you know, this is what they came in for. This is the extra stuff. This is the safety stuff. This is maintenance. Mm -hmm. I have everything. It it takes me an extra one or two minutes per ticket to have the service items ready, to have exactly what they came in for ready as a total, you know, number at the bottom. Um, That way when, you know, I also go through it and if if I'm reading something and I don't understand it, the first thing I'm going to do is talk to the tech and, and try to understand it. If I don't know what, you know, this certain repair is, I'll Google it. I have mm-hmm. no shame. <laughs> YouTube. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love me some good Wikipedia. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, yeah, you just, you need to be prepared. You need to be the customer. You need to put yourself in the customer's shoes. You need to have empathy. You need to have, you need to be nice and, and you need to have respect for these people. You didn't break their car and you didn't tell them not to service it, but yeah. we do need to spell it out and tell them what's wrong with it in a respectful manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you are, you know, having a, a, a not great sales day, mm-hmm. you know, we all have those happen and, mm-hmm. and it can get in our heads. Yeah. What are some things that you do to help overcome that? So that doesn't become a streak. Mm-hmm. Don't ever say it's not your fault. It's the customer's fault. They're just not buying today. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. true. Um, everybody is off. Um, can it be true that, you know, some customers aren't going to buy and they never were? Absolutely. But, you know, sometimes you get that streak of, you know, four or five, six customers in a row that just simply aren't buyers or they're, they're not in the place or whatever, but you need to approach them all as each individual customer is, is ready to go, you know, while it's out. Um, but you still need to have the same respect and the same, the same focus on each individual vehicle as you would for someone that is purchasing or someone that isn't because you never know when they're actually coming back and you need to plan on them all coming back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's huge. I, I, it seems that that sometimes, you know, you get that, that person in that is in school right now and they Mm -hmm. don't have any money and, you know, they, they can't buy anything. You know, I think it's so critical to remember that they're in school right now to get a profession. Mm -hmm. And if we take care of them now, when they get that profession and and can't afford the repairs Mm -hmm. and have a nicer car, we want them to have had a good experience with us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's huge. You want to have that, that type of relationship with a customer that comes in and you tell them, you know what, you you need to prioritize this like this, this can wait. I'm approaching you with this and you came in for this, but you, you should hold off on this and you should do this. If you can't do it all today, you know, start here. Um, they will respect you a whole lot more and they will come back for that other work. Yeah. You're their advocate. Absolutely. You You need to be their advisor. I mean, there's a reason why that's in the term service advisor is you need to advise them on the best course of action for their vehicle. Um, But again, you need to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you're selling, do you remember like your customers that come in? Do you know Mm -hmm. like that? Do you have that personal relationship with them? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, Try to remember uh, back in the day, I used to take notes in the customer's files, you know, hmm. um, you know, the name of the car. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think that's silly. Um, you don't name your car? No. Okay. I mean, my one customer calls in and she goes, hi, it's Tinky's owner. And I'm like, well, who the heck are you? And who's Tinky? Yeah. It's a Fiat. Yeah. That mm-hmm. sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it's funny, but uh, anyway, I don't know. I lost track. Stupid Tinky. I can't believe I'm talking about Tinky. <laughs> yeah. So that that personal relationship, do you think that's one of the keys to your success? I know it is. Yeah. 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 I know it is. I mean, I try to know 
I try to know people. I, I actually listen when they're when they're talking about their lives. I mean, yeah. I was just talking to the other advisor today and I said, you know, you are a park counselor. Um, because people will people will it's tell so you true. stories. It's yeah. like I didn't need to know you're divorcing and you're you know, whatever. Yeah. It's bizarre. But that's what we do. And we we smile and we have sympathy and yeah. and then it's, you know, well, did you want to get that repaired on? <laughs> Awkward. But yeah. That's the job. Yeah. Yeah. Any other tips you want to leave? Tips. Um, oh, gosh. I'm sure there's a million. Um, what about for a brand new advisor? A brand new advisor. Um, I mean, honestly, just smile when you're picking up the phone and act like you're enjoying it. it, it, it it's stressful. There's a lot of stress that comes with this job. It's not easy. Um but you you have to maintain a healthy mental attitude yeah. um, to succeed. Honestly, if you're cranky, it's going to come across. You should listen to your own phone calls as hard as that is. You mm -hmm. will learn a lot from listening to your mistakes. Um, and the easiest way to make mistakes is to not be prepared when you're calling a customer. You should never pick up the phone on the fly. Um, if a customer's calling in um, and you're just gotten the ticket, Tell them you will call them back. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. It's not worth the rush through that ticket. You need to be prepared. Um, it's huge. Yeah, and when I, you know, when you tell a customer you're going to call them back, mm, you should probably call them back. Mm -hmm. um, make a Maybe. note of it. Yeah. I have a calendar on my desk, a big, you know, one of those big working monthly pads. Yeah. And when I tell people it's going to be done, I write it on my calendar. Um, that way, once the ticket goes out back, I, I know that this technician has, you know, that these jobs that I've told are going to be ready to go that day. Or if I'm going to call a customer back, I'm going to write it on that day. And then I know on that day I need to call these people. That's so um, it just helps me stay on top of my game. Honestly, yeah. um, I really don't have many problems with customers. Um, it's it, it makes it makes your life a whole lot easier. Anya, thank you so much for your time today. Well, thanks for having me, Thomas. This has been great. Yay. How fun. Yes. And I wish everybody out there um, the best of luck. Honestly, keep selling. Awesome. Thanks, Anya. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. Stay tuned for next week. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. And I'd be honored if you share this podcast with a fellow member of the industry. And finally, if you've got a great story to share and wish to become a guest on the show, please email me at thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, at slcautopodcast.com or call 615-656-8804. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. No two shops are the same. That's why cookie cutter advice and coaching does not work. In order for your shop to get to the next level, you must have an action plan designed around your shop's unique needs. You'll also need accountability and encouragement along the way. Let ShopFix Academy help you create your best shop. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com.